take your Bibles, and if you'll turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 14 is where we'll be starting out this morning. We're continuing in our message series uh, called Biblical Foundations. We are looking at these seven foundational teachings of Scripture uh, as found in our church statement of faith. And so far in our series, we've looked at the Bible, we've looked at God, Jesus, and salvation. Uh, And today we come to the uh, fifth part of our church statement of faith, that on the Holy Spirit. We'll be looking at a number of verses this morning, but once again, we'll start in uh, John chapter 14. Would you please stand with me for the reading of God's Word? John 14, beginning at verse 15. These are the words of our Lord Jesus. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father... And he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Well, Father God, as we look into your word this morning, Holy Spirit, we invite you. We we sang that prayer to you earlier. We welcome your presence among us. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you now to come and take your word, which you inspired and which you have preserved, and apply it to our hearts. Help us to grow in our understanding and appreciation of who you are. Help us to grow in our walk with the Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Who is the Holy Spirit, and what role does he play in the believer's life? The Holy Spirit is sometimes regarded as the silent partner of the Trinity. It seems we're, we're always talking about God the Father and Jesus the Son, but we don't hear so much about the Holy Spirit. And yet the Holy Spirit is incredibly active. In fact, you may not have noticed this, but we've actually talked about the Holy Spirit every week for the past four weeks. He has been active in each of these four sections of our statement of faith. Let me walk you through a quick little review. In our section on the Bible, we talked about how the Bible is the inspired word of God. How were the scriptures inspired? By the Holy Spirit, right? We talked about the Holy Spirit week one. Week two in our section on God, we talked about how God is one God who is eternally existent in three persons, and those three persons are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Week three, uh, we talked about Jesus. We talked about the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin. How did the virgin birth come about? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Last week, we talked about salvation. We talked about regeneration, being born again, and how regeneration is absolutely essential for our salvation. How's a person regenerated? How are we born again? Through the Holy Spirit. So we've been talking about the Holy Spirit for four whole weeks without really talking about the Holy Spirit. And you know, that's pretty typical. The Holy Spirit does seem quieter than the other two members of the Trinity, but he is always active. He is quietly 
working in the background, always seeking to shine the light on Jesus and the Father. But I'll tell you this, not much happens anytime, anywhere, without the Holy Spirit. Now, our statement of faith in the Holy Spirit reads as follows. There's an outline in your worship guide. I'd encourage you to take that out to follow along. You'll find our statement right there at the top. Uh, But it reads as follows. We believe in the present ministry of the Holy Spirit by whose indwelling the Christian is enabled to live a godly life. So we want to unpack that this morning. We want to look at the Holy Spirit. We want to see what does the Bible tell us about his ministry to us today. So first of all, we need to answer the question, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is he? And here we want to emphasize two things in particular, the Godhood and the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, we talked about this several weeks ago, so we're going to go through this fairly quickly. It's really a little bit of a review. We talked about this when we talked about the three persons of the Trinity. And we, 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 we said that the Holy Spirit is equally God with God the Father, equally God with God the Son. He is equally a person. We saw that the Bible clearly presents the Holy Spirit as God. Like the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit is involved in the act of creation. He is the creator. That makes him God. Like the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit is given divine names. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of the Lord. We saw how in the book of Acts, Peter confronts this man named Ananias of lying. And, and he says, hey, Ananias, you are lying to the Holy Spirit. And then he, Peter follows that up with, you've lied not to men, but to God. You know, the implication being the Holy Spirit is God. And then we also saw that it is important to recognize that the Holy Spirit is a person. Okay, he is not an it or a force. He is every bit as much of a person as God the Father and God the Son are persons. He is always referred to as he in the Bible. Never is it, not even once. He's called the counselor or comforter, uh, both of which refer to personal actions. Uh, As we said in the previous message, and this time I actually put it on a slide for you because some people said it just went by too fast, but the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit feels, thinks, Acts, desires, teaches, bears witness, prays, intercedes, speaks, and is grieved by sin. Those are all elements of personality. We can also note the Holy Spirit's personality in the various ways that we mistreat him. The Bible says that we can reject the Holy Spirit. We can lie to him, resist him, grieve him, quench him, and insult him. Once again, those are all personal qualities. You cannot insult or mistreat a rock or a stick, okay? An impersonal object. But the Holy Spirit is a person. So that's our first question this morning. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is the third member of the Trinity. He is both God and a person. Secondly, what does the Holy Spirit do? You know, when we studied the section on God and our statement of faith, we, we learned that Yes, all three members of the Trinity are equally God, they are equally personal, and yet we also saw that they have different roles. They have different roles to play. The Holy Spirit does not send the Son, God the Father does. 
God the Father does not die on the cross. Jesus does. And so you might be wondering, well, what specific roles does the Holy Spirit play in our lives? How important is the Holy Spirit? And you know, we, we mentioned earlier, the Holy Spirit's always active, but kind of behind the scenes. And I think one, one way that we can highlight the Holy Spirit's activity is, is by asking a different question, asking it in a different way. How would our lives be different without the Holy Spirit? How would our lives be different if there was no Holy Spirit? How would our lives be different if the Holy Spirit did not do the things he does? And once again, we've got, got kind of a long list here. I, I, I didn't put all these up on the screen, but we always put the, uh, the text of the sermon up on the website uh, the week following. So you can go back and look at these later if you like. But the Bible tells us this. Without the Holy Spirit, we could not know Christ. That's a pretty important one. We would never be convicted of sin. We would not have the Old Testament or the New Testament. We would not know the truth. We would not have peace. We would not have power. God could not dwell within us. We would not be sure of our salvation. We could not be saved. We could not grow and mature in Christ We could not be the body of Christ, and we would not have spiritual gifts given to strengthen the body. So, yes, the Holy Spirit is pretty important. He does a lot of things. However, the Bible also tells us that the Holy Spirit's main function, and I love this, is simply to glorify Jesus. Jesus told his disciples in John 15, he said, When the Counselor comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, said Jesus. Or again, Jesus says in John 16, 14, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. And once again, this is why we may not always notice the Holy Spirit as much as God the Father or God the Son. The the Holy Spirit's role is to glorify Jesus, and so he often stays quiet in the background. Sort of like a spotlight, right? You know, you, you can't see the person on the stage without the spotlight, but you don't focus on the spotlight, right? You focus on the person on the stage. And that's how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit is the spotlight shining on Jesus. And he shines the light on Jesus so that Jesus may be glorified to the glory of God the Father. When you notice Jesus more than the Holy Spirit, that's just the Holy Spirit doing his job. It's the way it's supposed to be. Of course, that means anytime Jesus is not being glorified in our lives, that means that we are hampering the Spirit's work. And so when your joy over singing or praying or or Bible reading, when your joy fades, or when your love for Jesus grows cold, or when you stop sharing about Jesus with other people, you are grieving and resisting the Holy Spirit who wants to see Jesus glorified 
in your life. What does the Holy Spirit do? Pretty much everything, okay? He's, he's involved in it all, but he does it quietly. And he shines the spotlight on Jesus. So we've looked at who, this, who the Holy Spirit is. We've looked at what the Holy Spirit does. And, and then finally, we want to see how does the Holy Spirit work in our lives today? How does he work in your life today? What do we mean by the present ministry of the Holy Spirit? And the short answer is this. He makes everything new. That's what the Spirit does. He renews things. He revives things. He makes everything new. You know, last week we talked about salvation. Salvation is a wonderful thing. Your sins are forgiven. Your punishment is removed. But the Bible also says that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, everything becomes new. Basically, uh, this is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit takes everything that Jesus did for you at the cross and he applies it to your life today, right now, in the present moment. This is what we mean by the present ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus died on the cross for your sins, but the Holy Spirit comes into your life and he makes everything new. My favorite verse in the whole Bible, okay? Whole Bible, favorite verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so uh, in the last part of our message now, we want to talk about uh, some of these things uh, that become new for you. When you put your faith in Christ, how does the Holy Spirit do it? What does he make new? And there are so many things the Bible talks about, but we're going to look at six of them this morning. Okay, first up uh, is this one we talked a little bit about last week. You are regenerated, right? You are regenerated. Regeneration means you experience a new birth. You have a new birth. Jesus said in John chapter 3, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And so when you become a Christian, it's all new. You're starting all over. Your slate is wiped clean. You are given new birth through the Holy Spirit. You were dead in your sins, but then God made you alive with Christ. We're right back to my favorite verse again, 2 Corinthians. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. You put your faith in Jesus, you become a new person in Christ. You are born again through the Holy Spirit. That's the first thing that becomes new. You have a new birth. Secondly, you have a new freedom. A new freedom. You are brought out from under the condemnation and the penalty of sin. And that means that you obtain a new freedom from sin and condemnation. Jesus said this in John 5, 24. He said, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Formerly, you were under God's just judgment and condemnation for your sin. If you died without Christ, you would have to pay the penalty for your sin all by yourself. But Christ has paid the penalty for you. And when you put your faith in Jesus, you cross over. From death to life. You know who does that? The Holy Spirit does that. You have a new freedom from sin 
and condemnation. Thirdly, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live within you. This means that you have a new power, a new power for godly living. Your sinful nature, that used to be the main guiding force in your life. Book of Romans says that we were slaves to sin. But when the Holy Spirit comes to live within you, the power of sin in your life is broken. Romans 8 9 says, you are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. And so if you're a Christian, you have the Spirit. If you belong to Christ, you have the Spirit of God. And that means you are no longer controlled by the sinful nature. The Holy Spirit is living within you, dwelling within you. You have a new power for godly living. Three down, three to go. Fourthly, you are declared righteous before God. And that means that you have a new standing before God. Romans 4, 5 says this, To the man who does not work, but trusts God who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. And so you're not only freed from the penalty of sin, okay, but God also declares you righteous in his sight. You're not just freed from the penalty of your sins, you're righteous. When God looks at you, you're righteous. 2 Corinthians 5.21 puts it this way. God made him who had no sin, that's Jesus, him who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so at the cross, Jesus made the great transaction. Jesus took all of your sins, he put them on himself. And then he took his perfect righteousness and he gives that to you. He gives that to you. And that means when God looks at you, he no longer sees your sin, but he sees the righteousness of Christ instead. You can't get any more righteous than that. When you stand before God, he sees Jesus's perfect righteousness. You gain a new standing before God. And how does this happen? It happens as the Holy Spirit takes what Jesus did for you at the cross and he makes it real in your life today. Number five, you you are given eternal life. That means you have a new destiny. You have a new destiny. You're, You're heaven bound. You are going to live forever with God. You no longer need to fear death. Death has been conquered. For the Christian, for you, if you believe in Christ, death is merely a passageway to heaven where God and Christ await you. We read in John 17, 3, these are the words of Christ. He's praying to the Father. He says, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The Bible defines eternal life as knowing God and knowing Jesus. To know Christ is to have eternal life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live. Even though he dies, and whoever believes in me will never die. And so when you put your faith in Christ, you're given this free gift of eternal life. You have a new destiny. You're going to heaven. 
And finally, number six, you are brought into fellowship with God. That means you have a new relationship with God through Christ. You're adopted into God's family. The Apostle John writes in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, he says, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship, okay, all together, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And people, nothing is more wonderful than to have fellowship with God, your Creator. Nothing is more wonderful than to know God as your heavenly Father. Fellowship with God is what you were created for. Without God, there's this, there's this big hole in your life, okay, that you will never fill. You can try to stuff it with so much or uh, so much stuff or anything. You, you can try, try, you will never fill that hole. You never will because you were created for God and you will never find true satisfaction, peace, or fulfillment in your life apart from Him. And so salvation is more than just going to heaven someday when you die. That's, that, that's wonderful enough. But salvation changes your life now, right now, when you put your faith in Christ. You are brought into fellowship with God. You have a new relationship with God through Jesus And once again, this all happens through the Holy Spirit. So who is the Holy Spirit? He's the third member of the Trinity. He is both God and a person. What does the Holy Spirit do? Everything God does, right? Because he's God. But he especially seeks to glorify Jesus. He works quietly in the background, shining the spotlight on Jesus so that Jesus will be glorified all to the glory of God the Father. How does the Holy Spirit work in your life today? He makes everything new. You have a new birth, a new freedom, a new power for godly living, a new standing before God, a new destiny, and a new relationship with God. This is what you were made for. Only a relationship with God through Jesus Christ will bring fulfillment to your life. And all this happens through the present ministry of the Holy Spirit as he comes to live within you when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your word which teaches us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for who you are. Holy Spirit, we don't often address you in prayer, although we find prayers addressed to you in Scripture, and so we know that is proper. You are God. Of course, we can pray to you. So we pray to you this morning. Holy Spirit, we love you. We praise you. We adore you. May we learn from your humility. May we also seek to glorify Jesus in our lives. Thank you for the many roles that you do that just a kind of... A, go unseen and unheard until we we dig into the scriptures and see how active you are in, in everything that's happening in our lives. Lord Jesus, we love you for dying for us and rising again, but Holy Spirit, without you, none of that would be applied to our lives today. We thank you, we praise you, Holy Spirit, for you are God and you are good. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.